This week, how to be excited about the future explained. And later, the news. The tipping point for the Atlantic Ocean is not something I really want to talk about. An RSV shot for babies I will like to talk about. Examining the N in Snap and profiting from AI tools. But first, I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is Science for People Who Give a Shit. The newsletter features the most important science news. That's right, just the most important science news. How to think about it, and most importantly, what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now. Do it to get this newsletter and my conversations with the world's most impressive humans every single week. You can find the email version or the web version or whatever and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com or write in your show notes. You're welcome. It's July 28th, 2023. First, here's your weekly action steps. Number one, donate to the Institute for Policy Studies to help turn transformative policy ideas into action. Number two, join a ride spot challenge by committing to replace car trips with bike rides. I love biking. Biking is an easy way to lower your emissions and be part of the climate solution, and it's really goddamn fun. Number three, get educated about parking reform, which has the potential to impact climate change, equity, and housing. Co-benefits all the way down the line. And last, be heard about climate change by helping climate cabinet elect candidates that give a shit about drafting a legislation to combat the climate crisis. And now for today's big question. How can I be excited about cool futuristic things while not leaving everyone behind? To be clear, I love shiny things. I love shiny things. For example, precision medicine is awesome, or it will be awesome, soon, at some point. For some of us, hold on, just hold on. Again, I want to be crystal clear. I'm incredibly excited about the technologies and treatments that will reinvent and redefine medicine, food, and power, and more. Yeah, I soak this stuff up. All I do is read about it. I love Star Trek. We can do surgery on fetuses in the womb now. Sure. We can probably cure blindness soon. Sure. We can make drugs in space. Fuck yeah. Sign me up. Plug it into my veins. Look, there's a reason why so many movies and books hinge on finding the antidote to some terrible, timely, widespread poison. An antidote worth its weight in gold because everybody needs it. Who's going to invent it? Who's going to discover it? Who's going to steal it? But what if, hear me out, we just stopped poisoning everyone in the first place? Until we stop actively making ourselves sick. Futuristic new tools like CRISPR will remain the equivalent of the world's most expensive bailing out of a boat that still has a huge fucking hole in it. And look, a while back, I wrote a strange essay breakdown thing called How to Survive. You can find it in your feed uh, if you scroll back a little bit. It's about the very most basic shit that every single one of us needs, needs, full stop, and how over time we've made access to these things more complicated and expensive and inequitable. Today, we're going to revisit those needs in the context of the many exciting, mind-blowing discoveries and innovations coming down the pipe, some of which are difficult to believe, much less understand, at least for me, and all of which, though, in isolation, should be celebrated. But I also want to help you understand that we have some very basic shit we definitely do understand 
that we need to be doing that could affect a hundred times more people right now, today, but that we're just choosing not to do. So let's start with air. Who doesn't love air? Nobody. Who doesn't need air? Also nobody. Even fish need air, it turns out, which is something I learned when I was 39 last year. But dirty air really just makes everything worse. And between wildfires and transportation and farms and factories, we've got a pseudo-pandemic of respiratory, cardiovascular, and fun brain diseases like dementia all due, at least in part, to dirty air. Great news! Eli Lilly's got a drug that may slow Alzheimer's progression. But hold on. While that is verifiably cool and could help millions of people, especially with boomers retiring, Eli Lilly will sell it while we continue subsidizing the industries and bad guys who make the air more toxic every day for billions of people, but especially for the historically marginalized. Now, Eli Lilly's obviously pumped that their total addressable market, or TAM, for you investors out there, is growing because pharmaceutical companies are generally much more invested in recurring revenue streams like treatments versus finite ones like cures. But maybe, fuck all that. Because look, indoors, we're still arguing over these incredible vaccines and masks, but Tens of millions in federal funding are still available, and we haven't made this wartime effort that the money's there for to upgrade HVAC systems and air filters and windows across America's schools and offices and homes to just level the playing field against the viruses themselves so we don't have to fucking argue over vaccines so much. It's insane. Hey everyone, it's Quinn, your host and the founder of Important Not Important. I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about the INI or any, whatever we're calling it these days, membership and community. It's a gathering place really for our most dedicated shit givers, a place to connect and learn from one another and to have access to me outside of the newsletter and this podcast. We started it last year and it's grown to hundreds of shit givers from all kinds from around the globe. I'm talking about teachers and investors, students, electricians, journalists, artists, scientists and policymakers, and, and more. Members get exclusive access to our daily news homepage, which is very cool, and to much more top-of-mind weekly articles, research and tools that you can use and to stay ahead of the game, member-sourced action steps, twice-monthly book and culture recommendations that have nothing to do with the end of the world, virtual events, and of course, the membership Slack channel. Look, so many people come to us asking, what can I do? And we think we do a pretty good job of answering that question and providing context for the answer. But the best answers and the best perspective really come from the community, a wide-ranging community, and we would love for you to be a part of it, to feel supported yourself, and to contribute to discussions and actions alike. And of course, by becoming a member, you're directly supporting our work here and ensuring that we get to keep doing it. So if you'd like to learn more, head to importantnotimportant.com. And if you're already a reader, you can just hit the upgrade button at the top. If you're not, Go ahead and subscribe for free, and you'll see the option to become a member at whatever level 
works best for you. And as always, you can always find the link to become a member right in your show notes. So thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for giving a shit. Back to the show. Let's talk about water. It's goddamn delicious, and you should probably drink more of it. Preferably some without forever chemicals, and I have a favorite undersink water purifier right there in the show notes. And in fact, when it's this fucking hot out, you should add some sodium and other electrolytes. I'm a big fan of Noon, N-U-U-N. Noon, pay me. So do all that, and you get the juice of life. After you've got your oxygen, now you got your water, pound for pound, or I guess gallon to gallon, it is the single most effective way to keep your bag of meat standing upright. Problem is, despite living on what is effectively a planet absolutely saturated with water, very, very little of it is immediately drinkable. And even that naturally provided allocation is dwindling, thanks to cheese and nuts and meats and monocrops to support cheese and meat, and now data centers. So, sure, could desalination save the day? Sure, maybe. Is it a massive energy hog? Yeah. Do we know what to do with all the residual salt? Not really. So is wastewater treatment and wastewater recycling the future? No, it's the present, because the amount of potable freshwater we waste is absolutely astronomical. Here's this from the fucking EPA. Household leaks can waste approximately nearly 900 billion gallons of water annually nationwide. That's equal to the annual household water use of nearly 11 million homes. So yeah, get your under-counter or whole home or in-fridge purifier going. Add some electrolytes if you can afford to. But at a broader scale, cleaning up our existing supply by replacing every single lead pipe, banning forever chemicals on the supply side by the companies, and taxing meat can go a long, long way. And preserving even more of our natural supply through massively increased stormwater capture and reducing emissions so it's not so fucking hot would be a great idea, too. Uh, Number three, I think. Let's talk about food. It is so cool that we can process plants and kind of some other stuff into realistic-looking and tasting chicken and meat and cheese and yogurt. I really missed that shit. And it's wild that our friends at Appeal have figured out how to safely coat and extend the life of our produce, right? So it doesn't go bad and we don't throw it away. And yeah, food scientists are hard at work making hybrid rice and wheat and other crops that are more nutritious, that can grow with less water, and can survive in hotter climates. That's really fucking cool. But in the meantime, there's a lot we can do to make it stop heating up so much. To not subsidize and grow monocrops that ruin the soil, that go mostly to feeding future burgers, and consume most of the Colorado River. We can choose to attack not only the demand side with delicious plant-based burgers that have real-life grill marks, but also the supply side, again, by taxing the hell out of meat. And look, I usually operate very candidly from a place of what is even remotely politically realistic. And I fully understand how politically toxic this topic is. But the less we shy away from talking about it, the less we start to address it. Or I guess the more we shy away from talking about it, the less we start to address it. You get it. Let's talk about shelter. So, stuff that's cool. 
heat pumps, awesome. Printing 3D houses now and, and home kit blinds, great. How do we fix zoning so we can build 4 million new homes and electrify the other, whatever we have, 120-ish million homes? And further down the line, how do we recruit and train a million new electricians to wire those homes or rewire them? And how do we pay experienced electricians not to be electricians, but to teach the next generation instead? By the way, you can copy and paste that to nursing. And there it is. I mean, look, we're about to have this pretty old population, see the Alzheimer's bit, but there's a massive nursing shortage at nursing homes. Look, in a world getting hotter every day, providing affordable electrified shelter is probably the single most adaptation move we can make, one that is dripping with co-benefits. Uh, let's talk about power, something they probably couldn't have imagined a couple hundred years ago, but here we are. Speaking of electrification, right? Solar is, in many places now, the cheapest energy of all time. Not everywhere, but in a lot of places. It's more efficient than it's ever been. We're on the cusp of even better versions. We can build these huge solar farms. We can build community-level farms. We can build miles of panels over canals and farms and sheep on top of parking lots and Walmarts and Walmart parking lots on low-income buildings and suburban mansions, if your HOAs allow it. Uh, we can power our cars with it. We can use our cars then to back power the batteries and more batteries. It's amazing news. This isn't even our own clean energy option. Offshore wind is incredible if it's a little expensive right now. Onshore wind is super dope. Nuclear still works. Very expensive to build and build anew, but very safe. And advanced geothermal or magma is coming along quite nicely. That's all amazing. But we need to build 75,000 miles of new long-distance transmission lines to connect all of these clean energy sources to all those millions of new homes and empty office buildings. And again, our ability to do all that is just a choice we're making. If you want to build a new fossil gas line? Get one vote from FERC, basically. Want to build a new transmission line? Well, it requires approval from every town, city, and person you've ever met and the next 10 years of your life, and then it probably won't get approved. We can do better than this. We have to make different choices. We have to elect the people that'll make those different choices. And if we do, we have less gas that goes boom, boom, cheaper utility bills, cleaner air for everyone who's ever been forced to live near fossil fuel production. And that brings us to health basic shit. Look, on the one hand, after years or decades of biotech promise, we might finally be seeing the light, and it's going to be incredible. Okay, ready? Imagine mRNA vaccines, the ones you got for COVID, for everyone and everything. Malaria vaccines, those are being handed out. Cancer blood tests. CRISPR. Protein folding. AI to find new antibiotics. Um, Apple's iOS 17 mental health big swing. We talked about that. Molecular manufacturing is an actual thing. Uh, psychedelics for PTSD are getting exciting. Ozempic. Uh, we've got that RSV shot for kids. Uh, Self-destructing cancer drivers, whatever that is. We're back to work on a Lyme disease shot. We're working on cell maps to grow new organs, maybe even new limbs like a fucking lizard. And one, all of that is very welcome and very fucking rad. Two, 
we have some really basic shit we keep deciding not to do on the health front, and we should decide to not not do those things. We could just stop over-prescribing antibiotics to adults, kids, and livestock. We could reduce our reliance on cars and help people who are able to walk and bike more safely. We could slow global heating and the rise of ticks. We could reduce alcohol consumption by taxing the shit out of it. And we can improve liver health before livers need to be replaced by 3D printed ones or ones grown in a lab. You get the point. We don't have to go to all this effort as cool as it is. There's nuance to everything, but at some point we have to decide to plug the leaks in our society. Once we do, we can do even be even more excited about the future without feeling so bad. I want to be clear though. We're already way better off than we ever before. We just keep consciously leaving a collection of folks behind. The charitable view of that is we're playing with a society game with one hand tied behind our back, right? Not so charitably, we're afraid to overturn legacy systems that are racist and sexist and incredibly self-defeating. Because I got mine. Folks, compound action requires concerted effort over time and people. And a bunch of really cool new expensive shit that's only available to the wealthiest and healthiest among us isn't going to compound anywhere. As my children are loath to hear even one more time, Many things can be true at once. We are capable and on the cusp of transformative breakthroughs, but reluctant to commit to the unsexy work. Like, for example, simply reducing the paperwork required just to prove you qualify for Medicaid. Americans' life expectancy is dropping in 2023, which is nuts. Not just, though, because we don't yet have broad availability of all those cool innovations we just talked about. Not just because of COVID, not just because of cars, not just because of guns, not just because of overdoses, not because of our food and air and water, but because of all of it. Our increasingly specialized doctors receive very little nutritional training. There's no federal requirements for parental leave and sick leave. Most folks who do have health insurance can't get an appointment with a primary physician for months as doctors and nurses leave the workforce in droves, and the remaining ones get bought up by private equity firms. Pharmaceutical companies slow walk HIV treatments to protect profits, and they fight tooth and nail against Medicare's nascent ability to negotiate prices for a very small list of drugs. Corporations are people. Dark money is everywhere. Insurers use AI to reject thousands of claims. We are projected to spend $7.2 trillion on healthcare, by 2031, or almost 20% of GDP, up 17% from last year, which is at least twice other democracies. Meanwhile, most U.S. bankruptcies are because of medical expenses, and those are usually because of preventable shit. Don't even get me started on women's health or maternal health. Yeah, sure, maybe making ways of, maybe making new ways of making babies uh, is out on the horizon, right? All this cool stuff. That's amazing. Not cool is giving women rat poison to treat vaginal infections. Talked about it, find it in the feed. Restricting bodily autonomy and maternal death rates that at best top every single wealthy country on the planet. Here's what's awesome, and I'm very fucking genuine about this. None of this has to be this way. That is exciting as hell. That's why I'm here. 
we can fix all these things. A list of things that are simply rife with co-benefits. And that is undeniably awesome. But we got to be honest with ourselves here. I'm trying to help you see the full picture. Just want you to understand. I really, really want you to understand that our remaining baseline issues are many of the same issues we've always wrestled with. And they are virtually always because of policy choices we have made. Now, look, I will be the first to trumpet the historic progress we've made in poverty and basic living standards here and across the world. And I cannot wait to celebrate the next shiny technological accomplishment of the people working so hard on the front lines of the future. But I absolutely refuse to leave behind everyone else. The poor, the historically marginalized, long COVID sufferers among them, just because the work is hard or we don't want to see those people because the money is aligned against our better interests and is deep and widely dispersed among power. So these essays or podcasts or however you get it are for people who give a shit, radicalized people who understand that hope is something we do, who are more excited about thousands of new community health clinics than they are about flying cars. That's it. Here's the news. In climate change news, number one, extreme heat is a key issue in UPS contract deals. I'm really hoping this comes through. Number two, differing theories of decarbonization could create rifts in climate coalitions and derail progress. <sighs> number three, federal regulatory agencies are starting to think about cracking down on dubious carbon offset programs, which have been a real clusterfuck the past five years. Last, changes in the Atlantic Ocean are definitely not great. But exactly when we hit the tipping point of totally fucked is hard to predict. So let's just do everything we can. In food and water news, what is the price of water scarcity? Number two, the N in SNAP is increasingly complicated. Number three, the companies that make ultra-processed food should be held accountable for the damage they're doing to the health of their customers. Again, we just talked about this. Number four, some states are starting to step up and help families feed their kids with child tax credits because we let the federal one lapse. In health and bio news, yeah, heat can be fatal, but it also has a plethora of non-fatal health consequences on both the mind and body. Number two, incredible, infants can now get a preventative shot for RSV, which is the leading cause of infant hospitalization in the U.S. Fuck yeah. Uh, a new analysis is skeptical that Biden's Justice 40 program will fix the racial gap in air quality. And lastly, literally, please go and touch some grass or woods um, or native plants, not grass. It is scientifically proven to be good for you. Uh, in computer news, no one's exempt from the impacts of climate change. Clearly, not even artificial intelligence because all that water and power requirements. Number two, it's time to start thinking about how AI creators intend to profit from it. Number three, Cigna Healthcare used algorithms to deny health insurance claims, prompting a class action lawsuit. And last, iOS users can easily manage prescription drug treatment plans with the new medicine cabinet tool. And again, please be careful about who and what companies you give all your data to. That is it for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's issue straight in your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com. Thank you for being a part of our community and thanks for giving a shit. 